This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. said, go and teach them what I've taught you. Go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to obey my commandments. That, that's what Jesus said. It's a big difference between being an, an attendee or, you know, someone that's just coming and participating and, and actually someone who's coming saying, hey, I, I want to be like Jesus. Will you teach me to be like Jesus? Lord, will you teach me? Will you show me how to be like you? And will you do that work in my life? Will you send your spirit to live within me and change me and transform me and perfect me? I want that. As Pastor Robert continues his teaching series through the book of Acts, he'll be challenging us to actively participate in church rather than simply being a member at church. When we choose to obey the commands of God and become more like Jesus, the Lord will use us to do amazing things for His kingdom. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. Chapter 6 starts off, look at it with me. Now, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, give me your attention. I want to look at that and kind of dissect it a little bit. In that first verse, the disciples were being multiplied. They were multiplying, not not the members. I want you to notice that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but Jesus is really not nearly as interested in church membership or attendance even as he is in discipleship. He didn't command Christians to go and make a club and make memberships or go and invite people to church. He said, go and teach them what I've taught you. Go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to obey my commandments. That's what Jesus said. It's a big difference between being an an attendee or, you know, someone that's just coming and participating and and actually someone who's coming saying, hey, I want to be like Jesus. Will you teach me to be like Jesus? Lord, will you teach me? Will you show me how to be like you? And will you do that work in my life? Will you send your spirit to live within me and change me and transform me and perfect me? I want that, Lord. I I want you to discipline me 
I want you to train me. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to be a disciple. And he says, in those days, when the disciples were multiplying, and there was, there was that purity and there was that power in the early church, there was still imperfection. It's important for us to realize that because you know what? I see so many people, the, the attitude is, you know, I run into this problem or I run into that problem and so I'm just going to run away. I keep encountering difficulties and, and, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, those people over there, they're just obnoxious, you know, they're just unfriendly and so, I, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, you know what? Here's what you're going to find. When you leave churches because of encountering relational difficulties, what you're going to find after you get settled into the new church and you've been there a couple of months is that there are difficulties there too. There are obnoxious people there too. Because anywhere there are people, there are imperfections, right? We're, in, we're imperfect. We all are. And the funny thing, if you really stop and think about it, each of us, I mean, maybe we share some imperfections, but each of us is uniquely imperfect. You with me? And so when you gather in a room of 100 Christians, you're going to have at least 100 different imperfections, maybe two or 300, because most of us have more than one. Would you agree? So why is it that we get surprised when we gather together? Listen, let me explain something to you. That's part of the point. Now, what I mean by that is that as we gather together with all of our different imperfections, part of the spiritual growth and transformation that needs to take place and will take place if we persevere comes through those very imperfections. See, you're imperfect in a slightly different area maybe than my imperfection. And so you're going to see mine, eventually be irritated by it, and say something about it. Or, or you're going to be so gentle and loving and kind toward me in that particular area that I begin to see my own ugliness, that's even better, and think to myself, man, I wish I was more like him. I want to be more like that, Lord. Make me more like that. We begin to grow. And the way Proverbs puts it is that in the same way, that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And, and you should read that human. As, as we relate with each other, our common, you know, our, our individual imperfections being manifest, becoming evident, and you know, we rub up against one another. And hopefully we change. Hopefully. You know, we're smoothed a little bit. I mean, boy, that sure happens in marriage. In a, in a healthy marriage, the reason the marriage becomes healthy is that you've got two imperfect people that are committed to each other in that relationship. And so this is happening. And it's, it doesn't feel good at all in the beginning. It's painful. I make sure in, in the wedding ceremony, the marriage ceremony, that when I do a wedding, that's part of it. You need to understand Oh, this is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's glorious. And it's going to be painful. Expect it. There's going to be pain mixed in there. You can count on it. But there will also be beauty and wonder after a while if you stick with it. Some of my strongest friendships are strong because we've been through a lot of this. I would even say we've been through a lot of this, you know, just that nasty, gnarly, hurting each other stuff. And after a while, you, you rub off the rough edges and you get, you know, you fit together 
a little better. Well, this is what's going on here. And you've got these two groups of people. Understand that the early church was Jewish almost entirely. These were Jewish people that came to understand that their Messiah had come. Jesus of Nazareth was God in the flesh. They came to that understanding. They came to that realization. They continued going to the temple every day, three times a day. They went and and they prayed and they were gathering together in the house churches and there were thousands of them. Depending on which historian you believe, which Bible scholar you agree with, there were anywhere from Eight or 10,000 to as many as 25,000 people already in the early church. Why the discrepancy? Well, we're not sure whether they were counting only the men or the men, women, and children, because it was common practice only to count the men. So if they were only counting men, there may have been 25,000 people already in this early church. And they're gathering together. How did they gather together? Well, they gathered in the temple complex area. There was room there for as many as, some say, 100,000 people. It's an open air area there. It's huge. I think 17 acres or 19 acres. I can't remember that, you know, that temple, the temple in the temple precincts. But anyways, they gathered together there. There were needs. You get thousands of people, there are going to be needs. There were a, a large number of widows. But see, just like in, in our group here, more so than, than, than then, we have some cultural diversity. You know, I understand there are 33 different languages spoken in the home in the city of Miami Beach. Now, there are only 100,000 residents, actually 98, 99,000. 33 different languages. These were all Jewish people, but there were some serious cultural differences because you had those that considered themselves to be Hebrews, period. And then there were those that when Alexander the Great came in and conquered the area, they kind of blended in with the Greek culture. And so they didn't look Jewish. You know what I mean by that? If you live here and if you've been here in Miami Beach very long, you do. When, when you see the Hasidic Jews, they stand out with the, the hats and the, the, beer, the tassels and the, you know, the stuff on their robes and, and the ladies all wearing wigs and just very conservative. And you see them walking together. And typically, you know, there's, there's a little bit of an isolation there between their culture you know, they, they, they're you know, still you know, speaking Yiddish or whatever, and, and they're separated from the rest of society. And then there are the more liberal Jewish people that, you know, you don't know. There's, there's no distinction. Culturally, they're just, they're American. You with me? That was true then. You had the Greeks, and you had the Hebrews. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing, and we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Now here's Tracy with some information about the Main Thing Radio podcast.
Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.